afternoon. Thank you for joining me on a very special episode of Ask Sharifa Videocast and Podcast. I'm your host, Sharifa Hardy, and today's show is going to be a lot of fun because this gentleman has been on the Roundtable Talk show several times. Each time was interesting, but each time he had controversial views, and maybe the other guests didn't want to hear about him. I know I did. So now I have the opportunity to sit down with this young man and actually find out about what's going on in his world. So before I go ahead and introduce today's guest, I invite you to go ahead and share the show because I'm sure your neighborhood, your friends, your network, maybe your spouse, someone in your house wants this information. Better yet, they need this information, but they won't have the information unless you go ahead and share the show with them. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce my guest, Mr. Bill Poggi. Bill is a degreed accountant with a Vanderbilt MBA in finance and operations. From 1996 to 2004, he worked for a global Japanese manufacturing firm and cost sale price estimated 25% of all OEM push cables, transmissions, brakes, cotton pickers, productions sold in the USA. From 2004 to 2007, he was the financial controller for the largest Bahamian exporter, Polymers International, while installing a full ERP accounting system on Grand Cayman and Grand Bahama. From 2008, he has built the corporation X-Vision. Good afternoon, Bill. How are you? I am well. Nice to see you again, Sharifa. <laughs> I, I chuckle on a couple things. <laughs> Calling me a young man. <laughs> You're a young man, Bill. You're a young man. <laughs> but Speaking but, of which, I want to apologize for missing your birthday party. I was unfortunately a little too tied up for that. No need but to I, apologize. I no, no, no. Need to apologize. <laughs> You're here today. What do you have? We're going to get into your whole story, your thoughts, because you're definitely controversial. But what do you have behind you, Bill? Well, I don't know why you say it's controversial. It is not necessarily the, the doctrine that many other people believe, but I don't know that that makes everything controversial. <laughs> but regardless, like regardless <laughs> um, what I have is uh, a, to go through is a brief background on, of my uh, history and then launch into the Corporation X products and vision and what's been done. So I'm originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, when I was young, I used to run a used book, comic book, baseball card shop. I used to go out and buy and sell estates of books. Uh, saw more printed material than the vast majority of people out there will ever see in their lives. And did that for eight, 10 years with another stint later on in life. Uh, from there, I went on to Aquinas College and got an accounting degree, as well as a business administration degree. And with the work at both undergrad and grad school, I have a minor in information systems. Um, from there, I went on to Vanderbilt University. I have an MBA in finance and operations management from Vanderbilt, but I also audited classes for marketing and have what is essentially a marketing degree, or at least uh, covered all the courses, including the auditing. So I have a well-rounded background in business and literature. Wow. We're going to find out all about it, but I wanted to know about mom's amazing journey. I'm staring at it. You're talking. We'll get into the finances, but what is mom's amazing journey? Mom's amazing journey is a future product for down the road. 
as you stated, uh, you and others uh, certainly will consider my material controversial at points, uh, which is fine. I know I've lived that my whole life. <laughs> he was like, and I was I right. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people say I march to the beat of a different drummer, but to me, it's the only drummer I know. <laughs> so to explain to people more about who I am, uh, and to rebut what I expect to be uh, uh, not necessarily the kindest things written about me uh, down the road as I get more products published and things move forward. Uh, you know, Maria Callas uh, is a wonderful person in her life, and uh, she had a statement that you can't, con she can't control the press, so why worry about it? You right. know? And I can't control what people think about me in many ways. But Mom's Amazing Journey is about what my life has been like, uh, and it's the story of my mother, uh, who passed away uh, three weeks ago. Uh, for the last 13 years, I've taken care of Mom. And uh, in 2014, she wanted one last journey across America. So we drove from Florida out to Montana and back, and she got to visit all the places in her life uh, that she had been at, see everything one last time. So it's the story of our journey for this one month, but it's also the story of our journey of our life together. And that's, you know, I, I could have, I made uh, six figures in 2007. Um, I could have done that for the last 13 years and be much wealthier than I am now. Um, but I didn't trade taking care of mom for all the money in the world. That's who I am. That is beautiful. And that's not controversial, but that was beautiful to take the trip. It reminds me of the movie. I think it was um, the family that prays. I'm not sure, but it was these two friends that take these, this cross country trip and just explore all the things before one of the friends pass away. So that must just, it, it would have seen, it was seen that at the beginning was more for your mom than for you. But when you came back, I know you just had to have a feeling of okay, this was just a memorable experience for you as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it's an experience I look down the road as things develop uh, to share with everyone else. Yes. There's footage? Yes. You kept footage? Uh, no, I mean, there's pictures and, and, and uh, I have all my handwritten notes of every conversation and everything that we talked about the whole way. All scanned, all ready for when the time is right. Uh, but there are many other things to get to before that, that product is ready. Um, but Mom's Amazing Journey recently ended, and by sheer coincidence, uh, we had this meeting set up, and, um, you know, I'm at a point of now I am, in a sense, a free agent. And where, where does everything develop from this point, and where do I move to, and what do I do next? And so this is an opportunity to lay out for everyone what it is, what's going on, and, and what the vision is. Yes, yes. So what's next for Bill? Um, we're going to talk about your products, but I want to go back, and let me just, because I keep saying controversial, 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 and I know people who are listening and watching. Right, because I know they're like, what is Sharifa <laughs> talking about? He seems like such a lovely man, because I, I, I can <laughs> wait. For, for like the second time before an interview with you to sit down and talk to you. Because the whole thing is this COVID issue and you just feel like it's much ado about nothing. And I'm putting words in your mouth, but you're here. So please let me know your thoughts. 
if you do the map, the original studies that were the, the one original study that was published and um, the articles out there uh, from March 18 from the Los Angeles Times, it says governments face a choice, ruin the economy or let 2.2 million people die in a few months. Okay, for 2.2 million Americans to die in a few months over a seven month period, that would be 10,000 people a day dying from COVID. Okay, the thing had been out for five, six months. You didn't even have 10,000 people dead total in that amount of time. There's no way you're gonna have 10,000 people a day dying. And if you have 10,000 people a day dying, you're talking about 40,000 people a day more being hospitalized. You're talking about a catastrophe globally that is, is unheard of. There was never a chance of that happening. One non-peer-reviewed study was used in the background to create this global shutdown. Um, yes, people die, but people die every day. 8,000 Americans die every day. 190,000 people die every day around the globe. Okay, there is no need for a shutdown. There never was a need for a shutdown. That is my opinion. And I think that the numbers bear that out. So what was the purpose of the shutdown? control people put you under the thumb yep yep now they got a whole bunch of more rules and regulations and that then ties back to the whole byzantine pineapple which predicted that okay so let's talk about the byzantine pineapple well, let's come it? back to the byzantine pineapple we'll save that for the end okay where are we going in direct us we'll work, we'll work to that so after uh college i worked in uh amusement games i worked for ski ball shipped amusement games all over the globe I worked at Irwin Seating, where we made seating for stadiums, such as the Rose Bowl and other places like that. Um, AT&T Software Defined Network, the first private networks that were sold when the systems broke up. I was involved with a startup with that. Um, there are many other manufacturing places that I worked at, Heil and Tempstar, heating and cooling systems. Um, Looked at buying and almost and thought I had a tool and die shop we were going to buy, but the guy decided to sell it to his son. Uh, and also that same thing happened with a plastic injection molding place. So in 1996, I took a job in Battle Creek with Hilux, a global Japanese manufacturer of not only cables, push-pull cables, but also window regulators, what make your car windows go up and down. Uh, the place had lost money 19 out of the 20 years in existence. And I was then put in charge of estimating. And over the next eight years, primarily to a lot of the work I did, uh, we turned it around. And it has become a profitable business ever since because we changed what was going on, changed the perspectives, and, and it moved on from there. But what happened at Hilux, and this is another future product for down the road, um, is that the president of the company, Yuro Nakayama suffered a debilitating heart attack. And a new president was hired. And um, well, he didn't really, he didn't really uh, have a lot uh, to offer, let's say. Um, and one day I walked in and I had three people who worked for me, the Ginker Loba of the universe, the Suppick Glowtu, the Suppig of the universe, Botu, and Dean the Doggy Killer. There's the his uh, birthday cake. We used to have fun birthday cakes, Dean the doggy killer. And one day I walked in and spoke to, I was told to fire him. Just, oh, 
yep, well, we need to cut back. You know, you uh, of all people estimating know, know that the overhead's growing. And I said, well, how much money is it going to save on overhead? And he said, well, it won't save much. And I said, no, it won't save a darn thing because it's an administrative job. You're telling me a lie, mm -hmm. okay? And I, as the subordinate, I'm going to have to fire this person. So why am I firing this person? And what's going on here? Well, what was really going on was that the manufacturing manager was seeing jobs go over to China, jobs go to Mexico, uh, because the cables were being produced there, some of them, and shipped in. And he thinks, so oh, we can bring it all back into the U.S. and do just as well. So he wants to seize control. So he convinces the new president to fire the people as a reason to get control of estimate, as well as manufacturing. And that's what was really going on. So he said, well, you tell them that uh, uh, other people are going to get it soon, too. This is just the start here. You're setting the lead. So he's on the softball team. He goes to play softball one last time. He goes and he talks to Heather, Heather with her little daughter. Heather's the low person in manufacturing engineering. Uh, Heather uh, realizes that if, if he's gone, she's gone next. So she can't work. She comes in Monday morning. She's a basket case, expecting to be fired on Friday. And um, she talks to her boss. He's like, what's going on? He goes, talks to the president. President says, no, no one else is going to be fired. And they send off a letter to him threatening his severance because oh, wow. he's out bad mouthing the company. He took a shotgun to his head, blew his head off. And the next thing I know, I'm walking through the factory collecting money for the widow. Wow. Yeah, that's a true story. I, it was turned into a hand job. H and job. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. I, I, want to, I want to ask you, you Bill, like this may seem like a, a obvious question, but it just is what comes to mind. Because we can never know what is going through somebody's mind, but he killed himself as a result yeah. of all the stress and everything that was going on at work as a result of receiving this letter saying, look, if you don't stop this- well, he was terminated. He was gonna okay. have to start over. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, how's he gonna pay for the house? How's he gonna do it to? No question he did it to himself, but there was also no question that if he still had his job, which he was right. unfairly fired, he'd still be alive. How long had he been at the company? 10 years. Oh, wow. Navy man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Knew sorry to hear that. I'm uh, definitely that's sorry. That's a future story. That's another future story. So from there, uh, later on, I was offered a buyout. And actually, they had to bring me back as a consultant because the person the new president had lined up left within a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, because the companies traded on the Nikkei Stock Exchange, uh, the budgeting had to be done. And so they, uh, they brought me in as a consultant to do that. And my last day was the last day that the guy was president. They made mm -hmm. him sit and watch me that time to finish that out. So from there, I ended up on Grand Bahama and Grand Cayman Islands. Uh, I worked for the Dart family. Uh, if you ever drink coffee out of a foam cup and look at the bottom, it says Dart on the bottom. Well, that's we made the raw material to make the coffee cups. Made enough raw material to make 25 billion eight-ounce coffee cups a year. Oh, and wow. they're much more biodegradable than people 
will have you believe. <laughs> You're such an interesting and light. That, um, yes, well, uh, in a three and a half year period, I evacuated from or went through nine hurricanes. Oh, wow. Uh, I brought up a full ERP accounting system, cleaned up the whole accounting system, uh, installed a biometric time and attendance system, installed a whole new payroll system. Uh, they had a huge development going on in Grand Cayman. It's uh, now in existence called Caymana Bay. And I walked in the first day and said, hey, look, you people need like a Dave and Buster's. And they all looked at it and said, oh my God, what a great idea. We should do this. I, said, I know all the people I used to be in the business and such. Let's put a deal together. And I said, the only question I had for them when I was there was, uh, with the job thing was when do you expect me to leave the island? And they said, never. Hey, okay. <laughs> so um, three years later, uh, it's $750,000 to buy a uh, house that's three bedroom, 1,500 square feet on the island. As an expatriate, you got to bring half as a down payment. I could be sent off the island anytime because I'm on a work permit. I said, where do you people expect me to live? Well, most people get a starter house and go from there. I'm a starter house? My <laughs> goodness, after all this work I've done, what are you people thinking is my future? Where are we at with the Dave and Busters? It's three years since I brought that up. Yeah, we'll get to that. So uh, I started thinking I'm getting a lot more lip service on everything. Right, and I, I can imagine. I'm, Time to come back to the U.S. Uh, there are other things that happened, but time to come back to the U.S. and do something different. Uh, by coincidence, uh, the time I moved back to the U.S., mom suffered a stroke, and so that meant moving and taking care of mom because she no longer had a car. And so that, over the last 13 years, that is what I have been doing, as well as building the Corporation X Vision. So the corp, what I did is I walked into a movie theater one time and I saw another god awful big budget movie that just stunk. And I see, you know what? I can create products better than this, and I can do it. And I've managed businesses and been involved with the management of businesses that are bigger than a tentpole production. Okay, so it's not that big a deal to me. I understand how to manage things and walk into situations. So you got to have products. I got to go out and get product, create product, and market test product. The first product created is Unmanifest Destiny. The president of Honduras is assassinated. Honduras is under attack from the Zeta cartels in the north and the Chavezistas in the south. The assassination creates a power vacuum. The power void needs to be filled. You have three candidates, the socialist professor, the military general, and family man, Antonio Flores, whose plan is for Honduras to become the 51st state of the U.S. There's international outrage over the idea. Whose back pocket is Antonio in? Who's coming up with all this? How is this happening? Okay. There's also the story of his lover, the U.S. intern, whose body is found dead in the rubble of the San Pedro Sula earthquake. How did that happen? How did she get there? The first story ends with a climactic rally into Golsacupa in the capital. That's the, that's the advertising construct and the plot construct for Unmanifest Destiny. 
Which okay, so where did you come up with Unmanifest Destiny? Where did you come up with the plots and the intricacy of everything that happened? Did you just create it? It's just look at the border. The look at all the stuff that continues to happen at the border every year. All these people keep flooding on in. We got all these undocumented immigrants or whatever you want to call them running around. What's the solution? The solution is offer statehood. And so once you offer right if the offer us is so great and they all want to come that's that's the construct that's where it comes from but that so, can't be the first story it's too controversial even for me ah! <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know anything was TV. too controversial that's right <laughs> the first story has to be something more palatable to the public and that's painless which you've heard this before we'll do it again it's 2005 yes. the man with the hurricane full of trump was augustus valentine Osborne's an import export company outside port everglades started with illegal money so are the real estate developments in sandestin people with illegal money must do something with it periodically goods are smuggled in and out of the country in come the ruby sapphires and diamonds they are promptly stolen from mr ross who did what and why is the primary plot? Painless also features Jocelyn Ogg's crazy girlfriend. Jocelyn sells Jaguars in Merritt Island. They have a weekend getaway in Ponte Vedra. There's a big hurricane finish on the beach in Sandestin with gold, platinum, gambling in the mix, as well as character development chapters in Detroit, Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Nashville. And that's the advertising construct for the first of the less trilogy, Painless, Blindless, and Timeless. Mm. Well, painless doesn't look painless at all. It looks like there's a lot of murder, mystery, and intrigue going on, if you ask me. Not a lot of murder. You don't want to, that's one of the things that these, these people in the films just don't get to take. They think that ODing on all these gun battles and no oh, weapons and shooting. Oh, that makes for excitement. No, you want to minimize that. You want to you use it constructively uh, to, to uh, maximize the impact of it. The painless features a car chase from Cocoa to Cocoa Beach. It features a two-stage car chase through Detroit. It features the Ring of Love, which you probably can't see, which has J for Jocelyn and A for Aug. You have gambling in it. You have golf course action. You have location, location, location. It's got all the elements that people want. It has a estimated $75 million production budget. How do I come up with an estimated $75 million production budget? Well, I've got a file of every film made for the last 40 years, of which this is just one sub part of it, that has the year made, the rating, the runtime, the budget uh, for the production, the marketing costs, the global box office, uh, calculating out how much goes to the movie theaters for the distributorship, uh, the box office rate of return, Green made uh, profitable, reds were not profitable. So in looking at uh, every film made over the last 40 years and having been involved in product estimating and knowing what the constructs of the scenes are, it's a safe bet to say that 75 million is an estimated starting point for a production budget. I can How see. How do I know that it's two and a half hour film and what the scenes will cost, well, everything's already broken down. So I've got all the timing scheduled for everything broken down. This is the early Laurel Chase Mall, Laurel uh, Park Place Mall in Detroit scene. 
This is uh, the Steamy car drive up I-95 uh, in a, a Cadillac in a thunderstorm, starting out in daylight, ending in a thunderstorm on a Friday afternoon in Florida on a busy day. This is the car chase through Detroit. This is the car chase from Cocoa to Cocoa Beach. That's the big golfing scene. This is opening night on the beach in Sandusky. This is the big hurricane finish. This is the soundtrack. Yes, and the soundtrack, the, just the word soundtrack stands out to me because people will say that's really what makes a great movie, what stands out, the music, the soundtrack of it, which really sticks to you. Well, that's, that's the idea and it's worked into the story so that it actually has songs that have meaning with the characters, with the lyrics and such versus, oh, let's just go get a popular name and have them write something for it. So just because I wrote it doesn't mean it'll work. No, it sounds out, very detailed though. It sounds like, it sounds to me like it will work just simply based on the detail of it. You have every aspect of this production. Yeah, but you got to prove it. You got to do a market test and prove things. So I went out, I met 20,000 people. I did what you're seeing here and, and it continued to expand. Meeting 20,000 people just on a one-to-one, -one, I sold 2,500 books. That's a 12 How did you meet? Go ahead. I sold uh, 2,500 books. It's 12 and a half percent on a one-time thing. Now you would think that people in the book industry would look at that and say, wow, this is phenomenal. Let's do something with it. I'm too controversial, I guess. <laughs> You're fun, though. That's the, the controversial people are fun to no, They're not the yes people. The yes well, people are the ones who it out all the pictures on the website. Everyone's having a good time. You know, I like to have a good time with people. Yes. Well, I want to go back to all the people. How did you meet that many people? Because you have this map. I'm like, did you just the jump in the car? Was still around at the time. Border Books was still around at the time. And, um, I was able to go and do uh, border books and the first stores I went into, I sold and didn't matter where I went. I continued to sell so I could, could continue to go to all the various stores and, and they would carry and, and sell the products. Um, and actually last year, I thought I was going to be out on another book tour uh, with the publication of Byzantine Pineapple and then it got COVID, it shut down. Right. Uh, otherwise, things would be farther along and the books would be uh, in a display further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So upcoming then, we have the sequel to Painless. Blindless. Blindless features the back end of the hurricane, deer hunting in Michigan, Krugerrands in Detroit, disco demolition night in Chicago, extended chasing through South Florida, South Beach, in particular the Lincoln Road Mall, winds up with an ice storm in Philadelphia followed by a car chase down the Schuylkill, the Shirkill Expressway to Penn's Landing, featuring an extended chase scene to the King of Prussia Mall. And the King of Prussia Mall, uh, which is the, the Cat's Pajamas Mall of the Northeast, uh, has already bought off of it. So you'd get to recreate Disco Demolition Night. You'd get to have an exciting chase scene through South Florida, uh, South Beach. Okay, so, and so then the last trilogy concludes with Timeless, with features some Wildwood in Wildwood, New Jersey, Mermaids in Wikiwachi, Unconditional Surrender in Sarasota, the Biotech Corridor of New Jersey, and climaxes with the chase scene from the Financial District to Times Square, where we recreate DJ Day. 
Wow. Okay, so my question was, why, and, and maybe you're not, but why work on three projects at the same time? Wouldn't people typically get one progress, uh, one project complete and, and finalized and funded, you know, get that $75 million and then move on to another project? Why the focus on multiple projects simultaneously? Because now I have a portfolio from which everything can be built from, right? I'm in a position now where I've got enough products designed and ready to go, but there's even more beyond this that I can supply for years of production facility. And we can roll out two to three films a year with a target uh, global box office between 500 million to 1 billion for each product. That's exciting. I'm ready to talk to people. I'd like to make it happen. I'd like, I'd love for you to make it happen. So who you've been talking <laughs> to? Where, where you've been out there Nobody. talking? Nobody, not yet, just me? That's right. I feel special. <laughs> I've been taking care of mom for 13 years. I've been hamstrung on some things and I don't mind it at all and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Okay, but now it's time to move forward. Okay, yes. now it's time to become a lot more aggressive with this, to move everything forward. So then we also have coming up the Salvador Dali cipher, which I'm trying to get away from this one because I don't want to use other people's images. I have a customer which we'll come to, but it's a uh, it's a, a a play on the Da Vinci Code and the TV show Charm using the works of Dali. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have in Tampa we have the ample Alliswell sisters, Clued. She can move things with her mind. Piper's wife, she's got some tricks up her sleeve. <laughs> Feel me, she's the empath. Together, they are the ample ones. So they go to the Dolly Museum in Tampa, where they find the mysterious book of surrealism. They're transported into some Dolly paintings. A demon attacks and their powers come to life and save them. And they cube out to the hall where they are in front of a Dolly painting with the message on it, Plude Bong Fine Mothery. Soon they're being chased all around the globe. They go to the uh, Alps where Dolly has things in Courcheval, France. Uh, we go to the Dolly Museum in Spain and we climax in the National Gallery in DC, which will be hosted at a big party on February 29th. And the host is Sharifa. She will be recreating the, on the TV show term, they had it on the stage, the spear. Uh, uh, is one of the characters in, in the show. So you will be a safe person. And then that leaves you in a position to develop as a character for the sequels. I would love that. And in typical fashion, on the TV show, um, Prue uh, never had a, a boyfriend, really. She's always pining for one, like her sister's had. So her hookup is with the demon Dodo. Mm -hmm. uh, and the TV show Piper uh, has her hookup with Leo. So in this, it's Leonardo, as in Leonardo mm -hmm. da Vinci. Wow. Uh, he had a hookup with... And so we 
We work in the mythology of both and make it very entertaining and fun for everyone. How do you come up with these ideas? I say, I'm in manufacturing. I've been in manufacturing. To me, everything about it is not about writing, okay? I don't sit there and say, I'm, I'm writing, okay? What I say is I'm constructing a product. I'm constructing a product to meet end goals. We need to have exciting chase teams. Where are we gonna have our chase team? What's the offsets to the chasing? We need the big finish, okay? We need the entertaining plot to drive everything. We need location, location, location. We need dialogue that doesn't suck. And we need romance, spice, and steam because if you don't have romance, spice, and steam, you'll never get the woman to want to enjoy it. Yes, but how do you find the That's detail in right. it? You have you have incredible detail in each story. I mean, from there, I mean, you talk about the ladies, the sisters. You have a gift, uh, a you know, a skill for each one of them. How do you find the detail? Well, you you put in the time and effort. Mm -hmm. You work it. You work it. When I write, I write from start to finish. And then I go back to the beginning and I read it back over and I say, this doesn't work or this doesn't sound good. Let me keep working it till it gets better. And, and it took six full revisions for Painless and for the novels, it'll take between five to 10 revisions to get, get everything correct. But it's a matter of just putting in the time and effort to go work it. Most people don't wanna put in the time and effort to do that. They want it to be done after one draft or so and then say, well, that's it. I'm done and, and move on from there. That's that's what I think. That's my will you, opinion. Will you, and I love hearing, because you always give me at least Bill's truth. You give me your truth as, as you know it. So when you did the sixth revision, so you did the first couple of times and something in it, you felt this isn't up to my standards or this isn't good enough, or maybe you wanted to expand it. What are some of the, the ways that you or what were some of the ways that you revised the story as you're going along? Was it, like I said, you need to expand it? Or maybe you're like, oh, this person really wouldn't say that. What are some of the revisions you made? The dialogue down the first time or two, um, that's the hardest part. And when you go back and you reread it, you, you sit there and you say, oh, gosh, this is awful dialogue. Exactly what you said happened. They wouldn't say this. They would say this. But since you're now working with a complete story from front to end and you're now foreshadowing things, you now know and you've developed the characters far enough to have a better feel for what they'll say. Yeah. Um, in Painless, there's a scene uh, where the, the car chase from Cocoa to Cocoa Beach ends with the car going into the Banana River. And for the first five revisions, I was not happy with our hero's escape from it. Okay, I mean, it, it, it's too contrived, okay? Um, but I didn't worry about that. I didn't worry about that fixing it the first few times around. Because there's plenty of other things to fix and work through. Let it suck, let it, let it be there, wait till the end, find the way at the very end to make it go over the top, to make it believable. And I did. And in the climax at the very end with what happens, um, the first five revisions, 
I liked it, but there was something missing. It, it missed, it didn't have the, the coup de gras. And then it came to me after having worked it, having thought about it and worked on through and in developing at the same time the sequels because you, you, you have to have what's going to happen. How do people get out of their situations? You're already working on the sequel if you're doing it. Okay. So um, again, it, it came down to that revision uh, that it was like, this is what needs to happen to send it and make it over the top. Do you at the same time, I'm playing it all in my mind. I'm saying, if I'm sitting in a theater, well, what are they going to see? Because I'm designing for film. Right, but because do you ever do you YouTube. ever rewrite it, Bill, based on say you change the ending? There's a different ending, and you have to go back and revise some of the early aspects to work that final ending in. Maybe something she has to say, a little clue or something to, to get her there, or a decision or choice that has to be made to come to that final conclusion. I had pretty well already built that in. Okay. Yes, it's it's part of the. The, the multiple revisions. You're you're looking for those things. You're building those things along. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The end has to be properly foreshadowed, and so what happened at the end is properly foreshadowed. But it's interesting to me, Bill, because you sit there and you say, "I I was in manufacturing. My background is in manufacturing." But to me, I was never in manufacturing. I don't know, but it doesn't come across as one of the most creative industries, and yet. You know, I would think you were in production or something or an author or maybe, I don't know, a musician with the creative eye that you have. Yeah, but if you watch and, and the stuff, if you watch the DVD extras and you watch um, the, the stories of musicians and how certain uh, recording sessions and records uh, were made, I mean, they're basically doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're starting with with the certain uh, aspects and then, then you keep reworking it. Mm -hmm. You get it to the point of what you like. Mm -hmm. I like that. So, I mean, when you manufacture, you create products, you bring things to life. So I guess that is a, a creative aspect or a creative outlet. Well, I mean, manufacturing, you start with a blueprint. You, mm -hmm. you create the prototype from the blueprint and then you test the blueprint, you test the product, and you say, what didn't work? And if it's part of a total system, such as a vehicle, then you say, well, how do we now need to modify this to make the whole vehicle work? What are the different aspects? Okay, so you're, you're constantly tweaking and working things till you come to the final product. And, and it, there really, to me, is no difference, mm -hmm. from my perspective, at least. Excellent point. So we get to hear about the Byzantine pineapple? Yes. Um, so the Byzantine pineapple is nonfiction. Um, Byzantine means that everyone out there, we're all criminals. Because there's so many laws on the books, it's impossible for us not to be criminal. And any of those laws can selectively be used against anyone at any point in time by the government. Okay. Pineapple means that what's going on is that those who live inside the pineapple wall are sucking out all the cash out of the systems. Okay, use the CARES Act, for example, $2.2 trillion. If you add up all those $1,200 checks that were originally sent out as part of the CARES Act, 
If you do the math against the number of taxpayers, which was supposed to be, it comes out to 75 billion. Uh, I've seen numbers that say max 150 billion was spent on those $1,200 checks. Where'd the other two trillion go? It went to those inside the pineapple wall. Now, what do we got going on sitting stalled in Congress now? We supposedly are in the middle of this huge crisis that everyone needs to wear a mask or so and do all these other hoopla and whatever. Oh, and it all needs funding. These people are not allowed to work and whatnot. Uh, but we've got this mega trillion dollar bill that has nothing to do primarily with uh, relief for people from what the government has done, held up, and it's a bill about giving money to people inside the pineapple wall with a little bit of it going out to everyone else to keep everyone happy. That's what pineapple means, okay? And how it is promoted is every day, daily messages are sent to keep everyone at odds with each other, okay? They, they, they have it structured as this political right and political left reality. I don't buy off on either one of them. Okay, but if you if you believe in in the political right or the political left, what happens? Every day you're getting these these messages sent to you from the various sources that say, well, our side slogans are the coolest. We're snarkier than the other people. That makes us better. I mean, how many things do I see about Biden being uh, uh, dementia, right? Or or oh, orange man, bad. Okay, all those slogans and all that stuff is doing nothing to improve our lives. It's doing nothing to improve the lives of the people out there in the world. Okay, they tell you that, well, we have the plan of salvation. Our tax plan will solve everything, all right? I mean, Affordable Care Act, oh, it's gonna solve all the medical stuff. Still big a mess as it ever was, you know? They have no, None of these bills, none of these legislation pieces are designed to actually solve anything. But if you believe the daily messages, you're asleep in the matrix. You're believing what you're programmed to believe. So when you awake from the matrix, you, you realize that all those slogans aren't going to solve a, a darn thing. Okay. Um, Every day there's stories of this crisis and that crisis and, and all the news media crisis and politicians crisis, crisis, crisis. When you wake up from the matrix, you realize there really is no crisis. There's issues to be dealt with, but it isn't crisis every single day of the week, okay? What we need is a plan, a plan to move forward with, okay? To solve things. It really, in some ways, isn't that hard. So what do you have for a plan? The blueprint is here. This is a whole new macroeconomic formula that no one, I'm the only person who come up with. <laughs> um, what it says is that you pre-budget government. Okay, so what you do for all the departments of government if you're, say, the military gets 7% of the tax, they get 7%, okay? You say all the various departments of the government get their percent to operate every year, 
okay? That gives you a flat tax percent, but you gotta do something with all the social welfare programs. And it seems to me there's only three things that we seek to really accomplish with all of that. One is redistribute a certain amount of money to everyone every day of the week, okay? So a trillion dollars by 330 million people is about 70 bucks a week per person. If you say that healthcare is a right, you don't need a health insurance system. You, the citizen, go get treated. Your right is go get treated. The company that get out of a tax, a flat tax amount, because you'll come to a point of stasis, and then you get treated. You don't have all these insurance stuff. You knock out all the cost structure of everything and simplify it. You do something similar with housing. You create zones where you as a citizen need a place to live. You go live there. I'll be the Taj Mahal, but you got an address and you got a place to live in. So you got all your basic necessities of life covered. 100% guaranteed covered for all citizens. This is what Corporation X is also about. Using the money made from the products to promote such a system and such a change in our society. Promoting something that once and for all, you have 100% assuredness takes care of the needs of capital to live off of, food to eat off of, medical coverage, and a place to live. What could be more socially responsible than that? I love the idea, but I'm still trying to figure out, is this a movie? Is this real life? Is this what you expect to happen in the world? How does this all play a part together? This is real life. Okay, so this is this part this is, is real life. Well, you, you make things happen. Got to build support. People so what are you doing with off. your plan? What are you doing with your plan? Are you taking it out to people? It's in the book that's published. Not only is Painless published, anyone can pick up a copy of the Byzantine Pineapple and Read. Mm -hmm. It's very slim. It's very simple. Anyone with a high school education can understand it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the Byzantine Pineapple is a fiction book, uh, excuse me, a nonfiction book, but the other books are fiction. That is correct. And if you think about it in terms of film, it's like an Al Gore type or um, uh, Michael Moore type nonfiction to take okay. to the public. I love Michael Moore. That, that I mean, yes, Fahrenheit, that. I love his, the, you kind of have that same energy, by the way. <laughs> like you take these. I have no idea. <laughs> no, but you know, it, he takes these um, broad aspects of life and then he breaks it down in a way that almost makes you feel ridiculous for not seeing it that way in the beginning. He brings you the information. I, I haven't seen him recently, but I mean, some of his early work, I was very impressed with. Yeah, I, I quite honestly, I've never watched any of this stuff. You have not? Oh my God. You got, okay. No, I, uh, I, I, I'm more middle of the road and I don't buy off on a lot of the, the um, tug of war between the two sides. Yeah, so you I'm just trying to take the best of both. And, and, and be and, um, and impartial. Give us all something to work with. That's right. 
I like it though, but, but you're very succinct. You have the information, you have the data behind you. And that's what's interesting to me. You know, you have a plan, idea, and so many people will bring you a problem with no solution. And so at least you're saying, this is a solution. This is my solution. This is something that we can do to make this world a better place and more fair for everyone. And at the same time, being a capitalist, having the products that can make everyone involved very wealthy in a capitalist <laughs> manner, not a, not a, uh, you know, suck money from the government manner or whatnot. You know? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I definitely love that. This so my goal fun. is to find and meet the people uh, and, and, you know, let's do it. It, it needs, it needs the back end of thing. I've got the product. I've got the vision. I don't have the production company. I don't have the funding. Um, but that's okay. It's, you know, building 13 years and built a lot to get to this point. Everything's ready to roll. So I'm looking for the people to work with the people to talk with the people. Good Lord, I don't even talk to the people. <laughs> uh, to get involved and let's make it happen. Yes, but you've already you already have the blueprint. I can tell you that you and if they it's don't the like the first here. blueprint, then you have another blueprint for them. You have another product for them. You have another option for them. I think that's wonderful. This has been very interesting. I like sitting down and talking with you and find out what's on the mind of Bill Poji. Now, Bill, we are coming down to the last few minutes of the show. And what I love to do at the end of every show is just simply allow my guests the opportunity to speak directly to the audience, to everyone who is watching this show live, as well as everyone who is watching it in the archives and let them know what you want them to take away from your appearance here today. Well, what you see is what you got, you know? Uh, here it is, love to talk to people, Love to make all this happen. Love to make everyone involved a lot of money out of it and uh, have a lot of fun along the way and actually do some social good along the way. <laughs> That's important. What more can we ask? <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> that is very important. Where can people find more information on you, Theo? Um, currently, there is the poje.biz, P-O-J-E dot biz website. I'm going to take a week off after 13 years of taking care of mom. Uh, next week will be my first vacation uh, in ages and get refocused and, and come back and, and uh, pick back up on things. And, and then it's also, you know, find the next future. Um, it's time time to move forward with everything. Uh, I don't want to say in a different direction because it's all all part of the same thing. Um, but it could happen in a lot of different ways. You know, um, um, I don't necessarily have to be involved with the production company next. Uh, there's other things I, I can do. And expansion um, but the next two uh, so that's also on the agenda and then that expands the product line and that really makes things happen hmm. so where are you going on vacation uh, i'm going to go veg out at cocoa beach for a few days uh, a couple hours south of jacksonville florida and i'm just going to go pretty well sleep and let my mind just uh, uh, 
go to mush for a few days and <laughs> and uh, let it let it come back to let it reform itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is beautiful. You've been doing a lot over the past thirteen years, so I mean, I, I feel like it will come to fruition. That I'll be watching television or watching the advertising, and all of a sudden, it'll tell me about this movie, and it's the Byzantine pineapple that's coming. So I, I can't wait. Or maybe it's painless or timeless, but I just, I see it for you, Bill. Well, I, I thank you for that. I don't know. We never know. There's no guarantees in life, so. Um, Live life to the fullest every day you can. Yes, that's the only. Never know when it'll be taken away. Yes, and the only time you know that you know is if you don't take that shot. You know, so at least step up to the plate and swing, and that's what you're doing. And I think that's amazing. I want to thank you for being today's guest on Ask Street for Videocast and podcast. And I especially want to thank everyone who tuned in to watch the show live, as well as everyone who is watching it in the archives. We definitely need your support in watching this show and sharing the show. But I always ask, please support our guests. Our guests are here to share their story and their journey. So support them. Visit the website, koji.biz, to find out more. And if you're an investor, Investors are also um, what we're looking for right now for this project for Bill Poji and his corporation X. So if you're interested in what you saw today, please reach out to Bill. And I just want to ask you all if you're interested in more ways that I can help your business, or maybe you want to be a guest, visit my website at ashsharifa.com. Until next time, everyone have a safe and a blessed day. Bye now. <laughs>